0: Hey guys, what's up? This is Mav here with the Xbox Ultimate Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are on our fourth episode and uh, kind of crazy to think. I've been doing this about a month now. I uh, just got started and um, we're going to keep it going. You know, four episodes a month in. I'm happy with how it's going. Um, hopefully you are too. People have stuck around from the episode one and like I said, we're just going to keep it going. And uh, keep getting better and adding new stuff each week. Um last week I kinda uh had settled on a format that for this and I'm kinda gonna stick with the same thing. Uh but before we get started with uh with this whole thing, I want you to uh please follow me on Twitter at Fun Speculation. Check out the YouTube channel at Fun Speculation where you can actually see a video of this podcast. Um also uh if you want to find this on the podcasting platforms. Uh, You can find it on Spotify. uh, You can find it on um, uh, Stitcher, uh, iTunes. Any of these major podcasting platforms uh, should have this by now. So I appreciate all the support and any feedback also. Uh, Be nice. (laughs) But uh, let's get started here. Uh, I settled last week, like I said, on a format where I want to kind of have something fun you know, speculate about uh, in the Xbox world. This is an Xbox gaming podcast, obviously, with the name. So this week, I wanted to talk about how there are, I think, four big announcements being held back by Microsoft, and I think one of them we will get as a major game next year. So let's get into a little bit of that. So that's the speculation, and I'll tell you why now. Okay. So we got four studios that uh we also that we know are working on games that we don't really know much about, okay? Uh or nothing about, really. So we got In Exile, Compulsion, The Initiative, and Coalition, okay. So these are four uh pretty major Xbox game studios. Uh th- three of them are brand new to Xbox uh over the last couple of years and uh one of them has been producing quality titles now for um there are three titles in now with Xbox. So we know that In Exile is about to come out with Wasteland 3. And it Is turning out to be a way bigger game than anybody anticipated that it was going to be. Uh, People are saying that they're impressed at the scope and the scale of this game. I think it's going to be a surprise uh, with not only review scores, I think it's going to be a surprise with its success, uh, the amount of people that play it, the fact that it's going to be on Game Pass and PC, the fact that you can play it on xCloud, uh, which you know, that style of game is could work really well for something like that. You know? So, I think this game uh, is going to be bigger than people are expecting, and I think for who people who don't already know in Exile, it's going to put them on the map. It's going to draw even more hype about that studio that people don't already have. Um, but I don't think their next game is going to be hitting next year, but I do think that it could get revealed this year. So supposedly they're working on a more of an open world, you know, third-person action RPG style game with made with Unreal Engine 5, which is going to be the next new hotness in game engines, right? It's what that uh uh next next generation gameplay demo that PlayStation had at their that their event um that people were like, "Wow, you know, that's pretty Pretty crazy, you know. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It was, it was, um, epic that put that video out, and they had talked about PlayStation uh, that it was going to be uh, on PlayStation Five and stuff. That's that's where that took place. That it's also going to be on Series X, right? The Unreal Engine is going to be across PC as well. So, um, what we do know is that they are working on a game. Or, this is what's rumored. Pretty much we know it, right? We're going to have third person action RPG set in Unreal Engine 5. It's what people keep saying. So, this that style of games uh, sim- sounds similar to what Obsidian's doing with Avowed, right? Wasteland, you know, in Exile already has this whole. They have these two uh, franchises they've been working on. They got, you know, um, Wasteland franchises, and they also got Bard's Tale franchises. So, I think it it is likely if we get uh, that style of game, it could potentially be in one of those worlds, or maybe they'll make something brand new, a brand new IP, or they'll take something else from Microsoft because they have this treasure trove of IPs now to work with. So we'll see what it is. I think whatever they're working on is going to look really freaking impressive because it's on Unreal Engine 5. It's going to get a lot of hype, but I don't think it's going to be revealed until after Wasteland 3 drops, um, potentially at Gamescom or maybe game of the year show, uh, uh the game awards if they still end up doing that which i think they will so that's in exile okay um i don't think that i mean that game's not dropping next year right they already got wasteland 3 dropping this year that would be too much i think for 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 them they're they're hiring they're hiring but too much right for right now especially with this last year coronavirus and stuff then we got compulsion games Compulsion Games, I think it was two years ago, one and a half years ago, something like that. Uh, we Happy Few came out. And Game didn't get amazing reviews, right? It was okay. Um Game had an amazing looking art style though that had generated some hype. Um but it was a little bit smaller in scale, I think, than a lot of people anticipated. Um and uh but it had a it it did enough to make people realize that these guys are maybe capable of some Uh, better things with a budget and they got a budget now oh boy do they have a budget right they got microsoft microsoft is the budget i mean they you talk about trillion dollar companies and stuff right you know so they got money to play with now uh because microsoft is invested into this gaming ecosystem they're invested into game pass they're invested into Xbox. And their new studios are their avenue to sell subscriptions to increase their platform, okay? Um and, and increase their brand. So, you know, we expect more money to be pumped into these studios and, and more studios to come out, but you know, that team with a budget that good budget on one of these games uh could look really impressive. And I think their game might be the game that we get that launches next year, and I think their game is going to surprise people. I think it's going to be based on what we've seen from them before. It might be kind of like a, you know, Bioshock style type, you know, interesting world feeling game. You know, really good storytelling and stuff like that, and that's awesome because that's something that's kind of missing from the first party. Uh, right now, with Xbox at Game Studios, but maybe not anymore with those guys. Those guys are kind of unique with what they've done compared to anything else that Xbox has. So that's the one that I think. Okay. But I want to go into some other possibilities. Just long shots. Okay. Maybe one, maybe not be that much of a long shot. We'll see. So we got the Coalition coalition is gears you know it's the gears team hey we make gears games we make gears of war four we make gears of war five we make gears tactics you know they pumped out all three of those games in the what the last three or four three or four years that's impressive they also had i don't know if they had uh the mobile some other developer do the gears pop or whatever but you know they had to at least have some kind of help with that so they're, they're showing that they're capable of a workload, right? That they can get stuff out quick. Uh, they've proven that they're capable of really top-notch quality. Um, they've proven a lot, and that's a good studio. Now, their studio head, Rod Ferguson, left this past year, and maybe that's a sign that they're moving on from Gears because they brought him in to work on Gears. So we don't know what the Coalition's next game is. We do know that there's multiple studios now that can, you know, work on multiple things. And we know that uh, they don't necessarily have to work on just Gears anymore. Right. They maybe uh, Microsoft is interested in having these uh, teams do new IPs. So are we going to see the coalition do something else? Or are we going to see them do another Gears game? Um, maybe it'd be good to take a break, you know, maybe have a little bit of space before the next Gears game. You know, I think they've proven they can put one out in a reasonable amount of time. So, I think let them work on something else and I, and I think they may be doing that. So, we may get an announcement on that as well and we'll see what it is if, if that's true. Again, this is just fun speculation. So, it's not anything concrete. You know, what I'm saying is most likely not going to happen. But it's fun to talk about, right? So, then the last one is the initiative. Now, this is the mega studio, right? This is the one where they try and go and draft the all-star team from these different studios where they're saying, hey, we need somebody that can compete with, you know, Sony's like top tier uh, developers. We want to have this style of game, you know? Um, We'll see what they come up with the first game that studios cr- create is always the hardest and the most challenging for them. But Microsoft's really invested into this and they know there's a lot of talk about the studio and a lot of hype about it. And I would not be surprised if whatever they come out with first is a smash. Um, because they were, this is why they were developed right it's not just hey we're gonna start another development team and see what they can do they put it out there when they were starting the studio it was gonna be not a triple A studio a quadruple A studio right this new term that exists because it got games like God of War and stuff we're gonna have a quadruple A studio here so that's what their goal is and they can't come out with something weak you know they gotta come out with some fire right they gotta come out with something hot fresh new gleamy sparkly you know it's got to look good you know it's got to get people's attention and if they want to make a splash this year they're going to show what that game is is it perfect dark i don't know are they bringing back perfect dark with the initiative you know they're all this all these rare ips you know they're uh just came out with Battletoads, right? Uh, Perfect Dark, still uh, talked about by many. You know, it's it's the kind of IP you could reboot and have a brand new take on it. And um, in this day and age, you, there's a hole missing for that style of game. For some reason, Ubisoft decided, hey, we're not going to make Splinter Cell games anymore. We're just going to put Sam Fisher in every other game that we have, um, even if it doesn't make sense. Uh, you got Metal Gear not being talked about right now because, you know, what happened with Kojima and everything. So, you know, uh, there's a hole there, and it could perfectly be filled by Perfect Dark and the initiative. I think that game could get announced this year, just like the others. I, You know, Microsoft has not held back that much. They've held back maybe these four things, right? And they've talked about games that are going to be coming out that are years away, which is what people that's what we asked them to do. I th- but I think they're holding one of these back because it's coming out sooner and that's going to be a surprise. That's going to be either Compulsion's game or the Initiatives game. I don't know which one. Maybe it's both. That would be cool. But I think Compulsion so that's my fun speculation of this week. We'll see we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's probably maybe they're not going to announce anything from these guys for years, who knows? We'll see. You know, we know they're working on something, right? So, you know, going into these Xbox game studios kind of branches me right into the next topic. How this this cross marketing we're seeing from these guys. Um This cross-marketing on Twitter, you know, uh, that we're seeing with screenshots and stuff and, and, and we got content being put in games and it's awesome to see because a couple years ago, we didn't really have this kind of stuff, you know, not like this, not from these studios talking to each other, it's becoming an Xbox family, it's becoming a family of studios uh, you can sense it out there. You know, you got Wasteland 3 guys putting out a screenshot of Flight Simulator um, on their Twitter page with a, with a freaking mushroom cloud in the background. Um, it's kind of a cross-promotional thing. is It's really smart. You know, I think that tweet kind of blew up a little bit. No pun intended. Um, then you also got uh, this um content on sea of thieves for the battletoads game that just came out right so you got the ship that's like looks all green and you got uh the sails with all the battletoads stuff on it and this stuff's kind of going around and you know these tweets are going getting lots of retweets and getting lots of likes and stuff and um it's really good to see like this communication between like game pass xbox um you know phil spencer you got, you know, Sea of Sea of Thieves, you know, you got Rare, you got Wasteland, you got uh you got in Exile, right? You got uh Delala, which was the third party studio that was hired to make Battletoads. Um it's it, this is becoming a really cool uh marketplace to be a part of with the uh family of studios that they're developing. And they just acquired all these guys in recent years. Like, a few years ago, we didn't have all these studios. You know, we had Coalition. We had 343, which was a... Still, even them, they're a fairly new studio. I mean, that you talk about maybe back to... Halo 4 was their first game, so maybe they're, what, um... 10 years old now? 9 years old? So that's not... I mean, it's not that new, but they were developed by Microsoft. They were put together by Microsoft, right? Um... No, you got, um the initiative in exile compulsion um you got uh double fine you know all, all these games and you're going to start to see this cross promotional thing more you're going to see these uh, com- this communication between studios more you're going to see this uh marketing more and um it's good news for us because it just shows how invested and, and how unique these studios are because they all have their own personalities um, and how invested the Xbox is into the platform, uh, and Microsoft is, and that's good for us because we're investing into them with our subscriptions to Game Pass and their and their devices. So if we're investing into that, it's good to see that them investing back into uh, the games, and we're going to keep getting more and more of those games. You know, and I think you know Ab Ab Solo, who is the developers that made Flight Simulator, which is killing it on Metacritic. What you want to talk about next gen? you know that i you know I, I i made a mistake was it last week or something when i said you know i don't think we're going to get any of those like wow visual moments you know anymore i think it's going to be more about the feeling and stuff you know and i and i agree mostly with that however when a game like flight simulator comes out and it smashes a uh, metacritic and gets all these 90s and hundreds you know uh tens from all these review sites and it's a universally thought of as like a technical marvel we've never seen anything like this before you know you can travel the freaking world you know like uh you it's and it's real data like you can actually find your house in that game so this is something that has previously not been possible and not only that it looks freaking gorgeous and stunning and maybe one of the most realistic looking games we've ever had uh so that is an experience we've never been possible that is visually stunning and it's like like i read something it's like the new age crisis where you know you got to have a you got to have a monster pc to be able to run this game and you know what it's coming to xbox they haven't announced the date yet i'm curious when it's going to happen but it's coming to xbox and we're going to get it you know on the series x or you know at some point here And that's going to be the the first next gen. It already is the first next gen game. It's just right now it's only on PC, you know. So, you know, you want to talk about impressive. Talk about that. You know, uh, and that's made by a company that Xbox Games Publishing got partnered with to come out with, you know. So that's another branch of this whole Xbox Game Studios family. Is this branch that's going to get these third-party developers to help make games for Xbox and developers' relationships? Now, sometimes these relationships turn into turn into more, like we've seen with Playground and uh, Forza Horizon. Now they're part of the Xbox Games uh, Studios family, right? And they're gonna they're making Fable. So we've seen this track record now of Microsoft kind of trying these guy trying studios out you know, and, and seeing what they're going to do, how they're going to operate for, for them and what kind of games they can produce. And then when it works out, you know, they're going to go out there and maybe acquire them. So maybe they should go and acquire Absolo. We'll see. We, we don't know exactly how what all's entailed with that or if they even want to be part of that. But I know that the whole Xbox family ecosystem and when they're, you know, having fun and talking to each other and stuff like this, uh um, it makes it a more attractive environment for developers to want to go be a part of. So, um, the, not only that, but, you know, Battletoads uh, by Dilala, which is another one an example of this third-party studio coming in and making a game. Uh, what they did with Battletoads is crazy. You know, you got this uh, game that I think, okay, so let's say technology is today, but culture is 1990. 5, right? That's a ge- that's what the game that would come out, right? Technology is today, but but the world's culture is 1995. We would get this version of Battletoads and it's freaking awesome. Now games like that aren't always going to get appreciated as much as they should because it's a smaller scale game, right? But it's a game that has a lot of replayability. So you don't always have to have these massive third uh person action rpgs or you don't always have to have these first person open world games and you don't always have to have this huge narrative games you can have these kind of games too and battle toads i was streaming it last night i haven't beat it yet i'm gonna probably stream it some tonight too is maybe the best version of one of those games that we've seen in a while i know i like it personally better than streets of rage 4 which i played some of also um I may go back and compare the two now that I was playing Battletoads yesterday. So I'm curious how they ma- how they match up now. But you know it is lacking the online component. So maybe that's a reason to knock it a little bit on the review score. Um but ultimately it is a freaking great game that has amazing animation. It's hilarious. Uh the enemy archetypes are real varied. Um, It creates a uh, strategy with having to uh, play and get through the levels. Um, Then you also have the different kind of genres that it mixes through, you know, with the uh, with going through like the the bikes and then you got the, um, you know, just traditional beat em up and stuff like that. You know, so it's really fun game. So I advise any of you that are just being skeptical because you just don't like what you see on screen actually sit down and play it for a while and see if you like it you know and if you don't that's cool it's not for you it is what it is right but it's on game pass so if you're subscribing to game pass it didn't cost you anything to try it and that's the beauty of game pass is variety so variety goes across all of game pass we got we're gonna have games like wasteland 3 right um we got games like battle toads so you know it that's the value there okay so somebody was saying that review scores don't matter because of game pass now i was thinking about this because i saw that and it's starting to create a little bit of a argument slash debate on twitter and uh excuse me there um it just that doesn't doesn't make sense to me okay and I, and I'll tell you why yes we are already paying our subscription so it doesn't matter necessarily if one thing sucks right because hey we didn't lose that we didn't really lose value right but review scores still matter because they paint a picture of a general consensus on a wider wider scale okay so it if one let's say you're a Netflix subscriber right you pay your uh Fourteen ninety nine or however much it is per month and one movie sucks. It's not a huge deal, right? It didn't matter that that one movie sucked and only got like a 4 out of 10 on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, right? That's not a huge deal, okay? But if every movie on Netflix only got a 4 out of 10 on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, then that would be a problem, right? That would mean that, hey, generally, the general consensus is... Is that every movie that's put on Netflix or TV show or whatever sucks. And that's not the case, right? It has a variety. It has stuff that, you know, people like these like uh B style movies that are like kind of like, you know, uh more quirky or you know, low budget style, and then it's got these high budget type movies, you know, and it's got movies from big studios and movies um from all over you know, it's it's such a varied platform. And that's what Xbox is developing with, with Game Pass. Now, they have Game Pass is very varied. Very, very varied. It's very, very varied. Very, very varied is Game, Cap, is Game Pass. <laughs> um, but it, it is, you know, it, it, and that's going to continue. And that's what they want because the more variants you have on your content, the more people it's going to appeal to. And the more people that it's going to appeal to, the more people you can sell subscriptions to. So, variety is the name of the game here. If you only have games like, you know, The Last of Us or Spider-Man or something like that, you know, those are masterpiece type games, you know, or Ghost of of Tsushima, right? If you only have those style games, it's going to attract a lot of people and it's going to be great. But you're forgetting about everybody else, right? It's not us. It's not, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's Little Timmy. (laughs) You know, you don't want to forget about Little Timmy. He's got to play games too, you know? Like, there needs to be a variety. We need to have games for everybody. And that's what Game Pass is doing. And they're doing it at an amazing value, $14.99 a month. And every first-party Xbox game is coming... Day one, and it doesn't leave and you not only that, but you can play these freaking games on your mobile devices if you have uh Android because Apple sucks so you know the the I got a little bit away from where I was going with this, but yes, review scores do matter because if all of that content that you could play in all this devices and every, everything was generally considered to be crappy. Then it, then there would be no point. You'd be paying for a service that you can play a bunch of crappy stuff on. Right. But you're not, we get good value because there's a variety of stuff coming that have all different scores from, from not the nineties all the way down to the 4s and 5s and 6s and 7s and all different genres of games. Now, not all games are going to review to what you agree, so make your opinion on the game how you feel about it. What do you enjoy? Don't listen to... If you are trying to judge Battletoads, don't listen to a review from somebody that hates those style of games. Right? because reviewers are it's only their opinion, right? So that's the situation where okay, sometimes a review is like okay, it is what it is because it's about that one individual thing, not a general consensus, okay? So if you were judging it, judge it based on somebody that you think, "Hey, maybe they have the same kind of taste in games that you do or they they you trust their judgment, right? And then go try it for yourself, especially on Game Pass. The one point I could see on Game Pass where you could make an argument is it it doesn't matter that review scores exist when you can try it yourself and not have to pay for it any extra, right? Because you're already paying for it. So that could be made into an argument. However... If you look at the broader scope, and every game, like I said, was reviewed really low, then that matters because you would know going into it that the general consensus is is that I probably shouldn't subscribe to that service, right? So, yes, they, rem- they matter, but maybe not as much as they did before, May or maybe just not individually so it's a really interesting topic but you know they it's it's almost like i'm talking myself out of this no they, they still matter for sure <laughs> um so i think we're going to see more of this these different kinds of games come out now you know as especially with now with the growth of digital games so you know digital is becoming the norm right um I said a few times. That they came, somebody, I was watching a podcast or listening to a podcast, and they said uh, that they had read a report, you know, and this was, this was legitimate. It was like on Ryan McCaffrey's podcast, maybe on pa- Podcast Unlocked, and about like 80% of Capcom games being digital. Um, and that was kind of crazy to me because I, I remember just a few years ago, you know, we we're talking about, hey, we don't really know how much the. You know, digital games market is 30%, 40%, 50%. Now we're talking about 80%, okay? I know most of my games I buy digital because the the versatility in that makes sense for me. I like to have multiple Xboxes in my house because I don't just play games in one area. If I'm in my bedroom, you know, I'll play a game there. If I am go upstairs... You know, then I want to play game on whatever TV I'm at, like you know, with whatever situation is right. So, you know, we have we have but that's not the same with everybody. Everybody's different. But the thing is, with digital, you don't have to go like eject a disc and move it around, you know, different places. And also, if you're switching between games, you don't have to get up off the couch or out of your seat and go switch games. So, even though there is a loss of potential. Um, aftermarket value there with digital you get a lot of convenience with digital now especially when you compared uh the newer models of subscription digital because it's even more convenience and even more consumer friendly because now that whole proposition of value aftermarket value It doesn't pertain to that because you never actually get the copy anyway. Uh, You're just paying the one fee to have access and make your decision on which, you know, program you want to join. Like, if it's Game Pass, you know that you're going to keep the first-party games regardless, right? So, value proposition with digital is just getting better, especially with products like Game Pass, Um, And it's interesting to see because, you know, we've had this Far Cry 6 news where they said that their collector's edition um, in Europe or not, maybe not Europe, but they said North America stays the same. North America will get disc, but the collector's edition um, in other parts of the world is going to get a digital code on Xbox for Far Cry 6, but not on PlayStation. Which I thought was really interesting because it doesn't I don't know what the reasoning is behind that other than the only thing I could possibly see is there's some kind of metric out there that says that this game is probably going to sell like 90% digital and these people are probably going to want digital versions as opposed to the physical. That's the only way I could see it, because they can't be afraid that they're not going to sell it, because they're allocating a certain amount of collector's editions anyway. I mean, it doesn't supplant the main game, right? The main game is going to still be available on disc or digital. It's just interesting that they chose that for the collector's edition. It means that that's what they think that people want, I think. So, it's that's an interesting thing. I, we'll see what the feedback is. Maybe they'll change that. I don't know. Because I would think most collectors want a physical disc. If you're buying spending like 200 bucks on a collector's edition anyway, you want the physical box of the game, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Personally, I wouldn't care, you know, but you know, maybe unless it's like in a nice case or something that has like a steel book, you know, like with like special art and everything like that, you know. But um actually the actual disc itself, I don't I don't know if I care about that anymore. You know, we don't care about it as much with movies and we don't care about it with music. Um, and I think we're starting to care less about it with video games. And that's okay. You know, you don't have to look at a disc to have the same experience playing the game. You know, um, value-wise, I know I'm going to save a lot of money because of Game Pass and, and and that kind of service. So, I'm happy about it. Um so going you know talking about the uh, digital sales going up you know and that's and how that affects the value of game Pass, I think it's we're just gonna see more and more of an investment into here and and uh, there was rumors you know about wB games being acquired by Microsoft and um, potential game Pass deal because we've seen Microsoft make a uh, um, announcement or Phil Spencer said on Twitter uh, specifically yesterday. You know, and it's interesting that he timed it like this because we've been having a lot of talk about this, uh, DC event coming tomorrow. Okay. So DC fandom is tomorrow. That's where they're going to announce and talk about, uh, new products, like new movies, uh, new, new video games. Uh, they're going to reveal trailers. Um, they're going to have all this information, right? And, uh, there's like a website, right? That, uh... Somebody said supposedly it's owned by Microsoft. I don't I don't know if that's sure or not, but it goes to the Gotham uh, Knights game reveal, which is WB Montreal's game. Um, you know, uh Phil Spencer said on Twitter yesterday that we are continuing to invest in third-party uh developers and third-party games on Game Pass. Um, and he made that in response to a tweet talking about first-party launch games on Game Pass and he said we also are continuing to invest heavily or something in um third party games to Game Pass and the, there's really literally no reason for him to comment on that article unless he is trying to tout something and trying to give give a message right I think we have, and I talked about this in another video. I think we have some news coming because he said also at the Gary Gary What Is Animal talking show that um, you know we have really great strong announcements coming for Game Pass. So is it going to be tomorrow? Are we going to have something Game Pass related tomorrow involving um, maybe one of these Batman games or the either either the uh, Gotham Knights game? or Rocksteady's new game, uh Suicide Squad kill the Justice League, crazy title there. You know, so we have this event coming tomorrow and I want to talk about this event. But what are we going to see from Microsoft related? How how is Microsoft going to play into this with these uh with these DC games? Because we know that they had been talked about for a while as potential buyers of WB games, right? So has there been talks going on behind the scenes? Uh, what's what's going on with that? Is is there something that's going to take a while to happen that's manifesting? But they've made some kind of arrangement for now uh, with uh, publishing rights, or maybe getting games on Game Pass. So that's uh, something that interesting to look to look at, and we'll see. Uh, but going into the games themselves, you know, W Montreal uh, made Arkham Origins, which is I thought was a good Batman game. Um and you know it's been a few years, right, and they got uh um this Gotham Knights that's leaked okay uh it's what people are are saying is the title of the next game, and it supposedly follows the court of owls um uh court of owls uh plot of for Batman, which is kind of like the secret society type thing going on behind the scenes in the Batman world, you know. Um, so it's, what I wanted to talk about with that game is the interesting thing that I noticed is that it says Gotham Knights. That's plural. So what does that mean for a Batman game? Are we going to get, you know, uh, is it going to be a co-op experience? You know, are we going to get, uh, multiple characters to choose from and play as, you know, it's interesting to think about because, you know, Gotham Knights is a plural and it's not knights with just n i g h t s. It's knights k n i g h t s, right? So it's it's knights like Arkham Knight, you know, like uh, um the Dark Knight, you know. It so Gotham Knights being plural is interesting to me. I want to see what they do with that and how how it's going to play into what the game is. Uh, speaking of the same thing, you know, Suicide Squad is a group. So are these games? More of a games of service type thing? Are they um co- gonna be co-op experiences? Are they um just kinda going the Avengers route? You know, what what exactly are they? And we're gonna find out tomorrow, hopefully, you know. Um I know that there's gonna be panels, so excited to see what's gonna be shown and I'm excited to see if any of it ties in with Xbox and Game Pass. So, you know, uh, tonight I I think I'm gonna, you know, be, maybe go read some Batman stuff, you know, <laughs> kind of get excited about tomorrow. Maybe I'll go back and play, you know, one of the Batman games, uh, Arkham City or, or something, um, or Ark- Arkham Knight, you know, what those are so, so such great games, so, um... Overall, I think you know we're going to start wrapping it up here. Um, I do want to mention before I start wrapping it up, uh, to please uh, check me out again on Twitter, Fun Speculation YouTube, uh, Fun Speculation. Again, this is the Xbox Ultimate Podcast uh, that you can find multiple places. I remember last week I was kind of talked about uh, platform or about format and. So, I want to also have the Game Pass Game of the Week, right? So, um, this week, my Game Pass Game of the Week is Spiritfarer. I have not played it yet. I am going to play it. But I wanted to highlight this game because we kept promoting variety and value, right? So, and how reviews maybe do matter a little bit still, right? So, Spirit Fair is from uh, Thunder Lotus Games. I'm not really familiar with what they did before this. Uh, this could be their first game. I'm not sure. I don't know what they did. I know the game looks gorgeous. It's on PC. It has, I don't think hardly anybody's even reviewed it for Xbox yet. Uh, on PC, it has an 86 Metacritic um, with 90s from GameSpot and IGN. I, I wanted to also review games at some point. The problem I have is I take too long to beat games because I actually don't have as much time to play as I used to. So, you know, my, my reviews would be hitting probably two weeks after you've made a decision whether you were going to buy the game or not. But we'll see. Maybe I'll still do do something with that because, you know, I do play a lot of different games. Um. So 90s from GameSpot and IGN. You know, so that's my Game Pass game of the week. So I'm going to read a little bit of information. So Spirit Fair is a cozy management game about dying. Ooh, that doesn't sound cozy, does it? So it's got an interesting twist, right? What will you leave behind? Play a Stella, fairy master to the deceased, a spirit build a boat to explore the world, then befriend and care for spirits before finally releasing them into the afterlife. A unique, endlessly varied adventure. Farm, mine, fish, harvest, cook, and craft your way across mystical seas. Unwind for hours into cozy and relaxing gameplay. Join the adventure as Daffodil the Cat in two-player cooperative play. Learn how to say goodbye. Experience moving emotional stories filled with unforgettable moments. Spend relaxing, quality time with your spirit passengers create lasting memories and ultimately learn how to say goodbye to your cherished friends. What will you leave behind? So, wow, that's, I mean, just kind of even reading that, it kind of gives you a little bit of feels, you know, just cause like, you know, uh, dealing with loss, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, varied experience. It's it's definitely something that I think I'm going to check out. Uh, it's a very unique game. Very different, you know. And the fact that this game is on Game Pass is pretty, uh, pretty crazy, you know. So, um, 86, Metacritic. Give it a shot, guys. You know, uh, it's value, you know. And it's, again, you don't have to. You don't have to make a decision right here because if you just want to, you're not, if you already subscribed to Game Pass, this is already available to you. So give it a shot. You know, I, I, I will definitely try it. So that's my Game Pass game of the week. I wanted to highlight it because it's reviewing really well and how unique it is. So Spirit Um, Check me out tonight if you uh, see this i might uh stream some battletoads over on twitch and i might uh possibly stream some madden because that ea trial's out right now so i'm checking that out i streamed a little bit of that earlier today um i'm gonna go on a griping session at some point and a rant about ultimate team um so look forward to that i don't know when i'm gonna do it I- i'm having a self battle right now that i think a lot of ultimate team players deal with so um thanks guys thanks for checking this out twitter fun speculation youtube fun speculation thank you for support of this podcast thank you for listening come back next week for episode five thanks guys bye